up and welcome back. It is episode number 49 of the Quinnipiac Athletics Podcast. I'm Dan Ball. And I'm Matt McAuliffe. And before every show, we write a rundown. We write a, a Microsoft Word document that has all of the scores, all of the box scores, all of the news that you need to know in Quinnipiac Athletics. To keep the fans up to date, of course. Exactly. So it, it ranges in size, it ranges in depth, girth, everything. And it always happens around the month of October and then going into the month of March is when these rundowns start to get big. And we're getting to that point, Matt McAuliffe, where this rundown is pretty darn big. So it's showing you that we are right near the end of the regular season for winter sports, but right at the beginning of the season, getting close to MAC play for the spring sports. So all in all, very exciting time. It's crossover months. Yeah. Those two months that you listed are the crossover months. This is where we have all of the sports going on, winter and spring, and then fall and winter with these crossover months. And it's the most exciting time because it's new opportunities for, for the spring teams. It's it's fresh starts, new faces for first-year students. It's a lot of fun. So we had some breaking news come across our desk. We're recording this rundown, the before and after portion, on Thursday, uh, and the episode will then drop on Friday morning. But we had some breaking news come across from the women's lacrosse team. We'll tell you more about what's been going on with their season so far. But, Matt, you got sent something from the Quinnipiac Athletic Communications Department for a good cause that this team is playing for later in the year yeah they wanted to promote their one love foundation game the one love foundation was founded in 2010 and it educates young people about healthy and unhealthy relationships empowering them to identify and avoid abuse to learn how to love better and this is a good cause this is a game it's their game against UConn February 29th at 12 p.m. if you want to come out and support this foundation and it's it's a really, really good cause because this is a game that is bigger than lacrosse. Yeah. Because it, it, it means more to this team. And, you know, when you're talking about college athletics, you're talking about student-athletes, and you're talking about younger people that are kind of, you know, getting into the personal side of life for the first time. So this is a fantastic cause. So if you can make it out for that game, make sure you do. But while we are on the note of promoting things, a big game coming up on Friday night for the men's basketball team. We're going to tell you about that and everything else that is going on in a busy week that was in Quinnipiac Athletics. Starting with that men's basketball team, they suffered an 84-72 loss at St. Peter's Friday night. Kevin Marfo led the way with a season-best 17 points and 10 rebounds, his 13th double-double of the season. Rich Kelly added 13 points, 5 boards, and 2 assists. They followed that one up with a 79-63 loss at Ryder on Sunday afternoon, so a tough road trip last weekend. The Bobcats closed out the first half on a 14-2 run, scoring the last 11 points before the break to cut the deficit to just 9 points points at the time. Rich Kelly led the way with 17 total points, adding four assists and shooting six of 14 from the floor. But transitioning away from the current team, 
team, former men's basketball forward and, and guest, former podcast guest Abdullah Bundu has signed a professional contract with Olympi Bilisi, a professional basketball team based out of Georgia, out of the capital of Georgia. So Bundu becomes the sixth former professional basketball player for this team currently playing professionally. So uh, a crazy experience for him, and uh, our congratulations go out to him. Absolutely. Whenever you can play professional basketball, do it. And the fact that we now have six Bobcats playing professional basketball shows you the uh, growth in the program. So this team is home on Friday night at 7 p.m. against Canisius and then on the road at Monmouth on Sunday at 2 p.m. But the game on Friday at 7 p.m. is featured on ESPNU as part of the MAC package what that is, is going on ESPNU. It, is, that, is that national television? That is national television wow. for the men's basketball team. So it is imperative that if you can make it out to the People's United Center on Friday, there are two reasons that you're going to want to get to the People's United Center. We'll get to the second reason in just a few moments, but make sure you get there 7 p.m. tip-off against Canisius on ESPNU. We've seen this team out. They were at Starbucks a few days ago handing out tickets. Baker Dunleavy was down here meeting and greeting the fans. Great to see. So if you can make it out to that game, please do. To the women's side now, women's basketball had a 77-62 to loss at Manhattan Thursday night. Sophomore Mackenzie Deweese recorded her second straight double-double. That's a podcast guest, Dan. She had 10 points and 12 rebounds. Podcast bump. Yep, while Shaq Edwards led the scoring with 16 points. They followed that up with a 71-61 win versus Niagara Saturday afternoon. The Bobcats saw eight players score, including three in double figures, to improve 9-5 and five in MAC play. Senior Taylor Hurd made the most of the team's senior day by scoring 17 points to lead all scorers, while classmate Paige Warfel set a career high with 17 rebounds in the win. And for her efforts over the weekend, first-year forward Michaela Morris was named MAC Rookie of the Week for the third time this season. Morris scored 22 points and grabbed eight boards across the Bobcats' two contests this past week, including a 15-point and five-rebound performance in the win against Niagara. This team is home versus Ryder Thursday at 7 p.m., and then are on the road again at Fairfield Saturday at 2 p.m. We walk our way across the concourse to the ice. The men's ice hockey team suffered a tough 3-2 loss against the number 5 team in the nation, the Clarkson Golden Knights, on Friday night. The Bobcats came back from a 2-0 deficit thanks to goals from Michael Lombardi and Ethan Lay. But the following night, they picked up a big 6-1 win at home against St. Lawrence. Quinnipiac exploded for five goals in the third period after heading into the second intermission tied 1-1. Four of Quinnipiac's five goals in the final frame came on the power play, and two of them came from senior Alex Whalen. Odin Tufto's second period goal landed as the number five play on SportsCenter Saturday night. Not the worst goal that we've seen. No, no, for sure not. And we're we're golf guys. We could say that he pulled out the lob wedge for that one. He found some way to chip it in while falling to the ice. I don't know how it went in. I've, I've watched the replay like six times, and I try and slow it down to watch the puck. I still don't know how it got in. In the moment, I was doing color commentary in that game, and the only thing that I could come out with was... I still don't know how this puck went in the net. And I still, still don't know. <laughs> but either way, Matt McAuliffe, we have a rankings update. Whoop, 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 whoop. So the Bobcats men's ice hockey team, they come in at number 14 in the USA Today poll. They are number 16 in the USAHO poll and number 18 
in the pairwise rankings this week. So, Matt, you're a big fan of evens, especially for the television volume. So of they course. stuck with the evens in the rankings this week. Well, this men's hockey team, they're on the road at RPI this Friday at 7 p.m. and then at Union on Saturday at 7 p.m. To the women's side now, they had a big 2-1 to one win at number 6 Clarkson Friday night. All three goals came in the second period as Grace Markey broke the ice and Sarah Ev Kutugadbu netted the game winner. Abby Ives recorded her 15th win of the season, a career high for the senior. They followed that up with a 3-2 loss at St. Lawrence Saturday afternoon. Despite the loss, Taylor House and Kenzie Prater scored goals eight seconds apart, tying a program record for the fastest back-to-back goals. And Kelly Babstock, that's a name we haven't heard in a while. She was named the ECAC Hockey All-Decade Team, as announced by the league on Wednesday, February 19th. Babstock was a standout forward on the Quinnipiac women's ice hockey team from 2010 to 2014. Babstock finished her career at Quinnipiac as the program's all-time leading scorer. Now, Dan, is this good? Because she had 203 career points. Extremely good. Yeah, on 95 goals and 108 assists. Goodness gracious, that is amazing. She is one of just three ice hockey players in Quinnipiac's history, male or female, to record over 200 career points. And we have another rankings update. Whoop, 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 whoop. This women's team is number 10 in the USCHO poll and USA Today poll. And this team is home versus Yale on Friday at 6 p.m. And home versus Brown Saturday at 3 p.m. as they look to continue to roll. So that was the point from earlier in the episode. If you're coming out to that game for men's basketball against Canisius at 7 p.m., make sure you stop in and see the team that is currently ranked highest out of any Quinnipiac winter teams ranked number 10 in the nation the women's hockey team they start at 6 p.m and then come back out for senior day on saturday but we head to the track the women's indoor track and field team they were at the boston university david henry valentine invitational friday night first year tara zenny led the team with a school record breaking and first place performance in the long jump she jumped 5.89 meters it's a lot of meters Sophomore Emily Young took fifth place in the 800-meter run with a time of 2.15.30, a new personal best. This team is at the MAC Championships in New York City on Saturday and Sunday, so they are on the road again. Best of luck to them in the MAC Championships. A quick update for our acrobatics and tumbling team. They begin their season at Presbyterian in South Carolina Sunday at 2 p.m., so good luck to them. One of the most fun teams that we've been able to talk to on this podcast. They are picked to finish as the number three team in the NCAT. So a lot of promise this year. Best of luck to them. To the course we go, the women's golf team, they did not play, but for her efforts last week, Quinnipiac first-year student Leanne Peralta was named the Golfer of the Week. Peralta shot a second-round 68, that is four under par, at the FAU Winter Warm-Up in Boca Raton, Florida last Monday. Peralta shot a 78 in the first round and finished the final round with a 74, that is two over par overall, which led her to a seventh-place finish on the individual leaderboard. So congratulations to Leanne Peralta and best of luck to her and the team moving on this year. From the course to the tennis court, The men's tennis team had a 4-3 loss versus UC Riverside Sunday night. UC Riverside took the doubles point, but the Bobcats battled back in the singles matches by picking up three of the six points. Axel Stern and Alexa Martinovic now have an impressive 10 total wins as a duo this year. And for his efforts over the weekend, Alistair Magalit was named the MAC Co-Player of the Week after earning a number 2 singles win. This team is back in action February 29th as they host Fordham. 
From the men's to the women's side, the women's tennis team is back in action this weekend. They are home for two matches on Saturday and Sunday. They are home against Stony Brook Saturday at 5.30 p.m. and then home against Eastern Michigan Sunday at 5.30 p.m. Both of those matches going on in North Haven. To men's lax now, they had 11-7 loss at Brown Saturday afternoon. Sophomore Nick DiMuccio made a career-high 21 stops in front of the cage. He now has 47 saves over his first three contests this year after finishing 2019 ranked inside the top five in the country in stops per contest. Four Bobcats players recorded two points for Quinnipiac as first-year attacks John DeLucia and Jake Tellers each scored twice to lead the balanced offensive attack. For his efforts against Brown, DiMuccio was named the MAC Co-Defensive Player of the Week and this team is at Vermont Saturday at noon. From the men's to the women's, the women's lacrosse team suffered a 19-10 loss at Wagner on Saturday afternoon. Senior goalkeeper Allie Kelsey made a career-high 15 saves in the loss. Megan Swazlowski led the way with two goals, while Maddie Deegan had a goal and an assist. For her efforts over the weekend, first-year midfielder Desiree Kleberg has been named the MAC Rookie of the Week. Last Wednesday against Bryant, Kleberg recorded a hat-trick and picked up two ground balls in her first career game, so congratulations to Desiree. Array. This team is at LIU Brooklyn this coming Sunday at 12 p.m. To baseball now. They had a 2-0 loss at UTSA Friday night. Christian Nicolosi was solid in the opener for the Bobcats despite taking the loss. He allowed just one run on four hits over four and one-third innings with five strikeouts on the day, including a trio of strikeouts in the first inning. Kyle Maves led the Bobcats as he went one for three with a double and a walk, while Dylan Lutz walked and stole two bases, and Andre Marrero drew a pair of walks as well. They followed that up with a 5-1 loss at UTSA Saturday afternoon. Volgamore went yard in the loss for the Bobcats. They followed that up with a 13-3 loss Sunday afternoon. And this team is at James Madison in Virginia this weekend, Friday at 3 p.m., Saturday at noon and 4 p.m. in a doubleheader, and they finish Sunday at 1 p.m. From baseball to softball, the final team on the rundown and the team we're focusing on for today's episode. This team is getting underway this weekend. They are in Los Angeles this Friday through Sunday. Coining a phrase from Matt McAuliffe, take us with you. They are playing at Loyola Marymount University on Friday at 1.15 versus Delaware Friday at 5.45 against Sacramento State Saturday at 11 a.m. at Loyola Marymount again Saturday at 3.30 p.m. and then against Sacramento State again on Sunday. That time is TBD and all of those times are in Eastern Standard Time. And Matt McAuliffe, today on the show we are talking to Kayla Jensen the junior outfielder on this softball team. So she's only been here. This is her second year as a member of the Bobcats. She transferred here from Central Florida as a sophomore, so she's in her second season. But she led the Bobcats in a number of offensive categories. And one of the things that stuck out to us, this was a long conversation we had with Kayla, the passion that comes out of her when she talks about this sport is unlike anything we've ever heard. Like you just said, Dan, and I'm glad you said it, it was the passion that really stood out because this girl loves the sport. She has followed it her entire life. It's a part of her family now. She just loves the sport and also loves her team. And she has accepted this leadership role as a young captain so, so well. I mean, by the end of this interview, we were ready to play for her. We were ready to put a glove on and go play for her. She's an outstanding woman. We go all over the map with her talking about family and some of the people that have impacted her and her career the most. It was a fantastic conversation with Kayla Jensen. So let's talk to her. 
We're back here on episode number 49 of the Quinnipiac Athletics Podcast. One away from 50. We are ready to get the spring season started here on the podcast and with Quinnipiac Athletics today. We're talking about the Quinnipiac softball team joined today by a junior outfielder on the softball team from Miami, Florida. Halo Jensen, what's going on? Not much. How are you? I can't complain. Can't complain. How about you, Matt? Yeah, neither can I. Yeah. I'm wearing my lucky socks today. Oh, they look pretty awesome. Yes, they are green and white striped with a clover on them. Yeah, your your sock game is kind of all over the place. I would consider myself the strongest in our house. That's probably fair. Yeah. That's fair. You go all over the place. You have your your poker socks or, or your... You I have, have some poker that are, I have some that have poker chips on them. I got two American flag ones. Like uh, I got to take a picture in my drawer. Yeah, we'll see. How how often would you say you go like uh, like crazy socks like that versus just like a pair of white white socks or black socks? Or I'll do like crazy that. socks for game days usually. Okay, yeah, All right. it's usually game days. I'll do crazy socks or yeah. if I'm if I'm feeling it. But like the rest are usually like. Yeah, lower ones and normal grays and whites. Yeah, does your does your sock game ever change, or you go you go straight with what you have? No, I go pretty much with what I have. Okay. Just I mean, I think depending on like holidays, holidays I'll wear some pretty cool socks. But ooh, okay. What do we? Yeah, what do we wear? Like yeah. cr- like fancy Christmas socks. Yeah, or like, like Christmas that? socks. Uh, Valentine's Day. You know, you got the hearts. And- ooh, yeah. okay. All right. <laughs> I want to know because in baseball and softball too, actually, pretty much. Softball always. Mm-hmm. It's about swag on the field too. Like, like. I mean, you look sleeves. good, you play good. Right. That's <laughs> so, what do you do? Like, what kind of like do you three quarter sleeves with an Evo shield on your arm? See, that's or? more like baseball, I could say. But um, everybody's different. So, like me personally, um, I have a very game day routine. Oh, so we like, gotta break yeah, this down. Tell us about yeah, it. yeah. So, like game day routine is like socks gotta go on first. Like that's the first thing you gotta put on. Okay. And then. Um, Basically, depending on if it's cold or warm, then it's Under Armour, then it's pants, then it's shirt. And um, I always wear a headband when I play. So okay. before I put my headband on, I've made it a tradition since high school to um, actually send up a prayer because my aunt was very religious growing up. So okay. like just sending up a prayer saying, like, just keep me safe through this game, and make sure that I get through it. And then I put my headband on. Nice. That's a fantastic routine. Do you put a visor on too or no? Just strictly um, headband. It depends. On hairstyle for the day. Gotta <laughs> 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 make sure that looks good. Um, yeah. It also depends on like if it's sunny out, if it's you know a later game or a night game. I won't necessarily wear a visor. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, interesting. Okay, so uh, so lot to talk about with you. Uh, kind of a, a fun story for how you ended up at Quinnipiac, but we'll break more of that down. We'll talk a little bit about what we were talking about before with uh, being a health science major and kind of balancing that with also being uh, a student athlete. But uh, you know, I want to go way back to the beginning for you. Uh, when did softball first come into your life? And you know, what is the what is the softball scene like down in Miami? Okay, um, so softball came into my life, particularly a little bit later than most people. Okay. So I was actually a gymnast until I was about like 11, 12 years old, and then I came into playing softball. And um, at first I was just playing rec ball, and then someone came up to me and was like, you really need to play travel ball. They were like, you do (laughs) not need to be playing rec ball. And nothing against rec ball, everybody starts there, but they were like, you really should be playing travel ball. So I started playing travel ball, and um, Rec ball actually came along because uh, my best friend played softball and I needed another sport to play. Okay, yeah. And my parents were like, all right, well, we got to figure out something that, you know, we can handle. So um, my best friend was like, hey, why don't you just come out to a practice? 
And I was like, sure. Like, I don't have to sign anything. Like, what do you want yeah, me to do? Yeah, yeah just yeah, go no out. It's a nice day. Yeah. yeah. I'm going so, out there, flying around the field. Let's do it. Literally. So I go out to this practice and her dad's like, hey, can you just run from home to first for us? And um, <laughs> literally all he wanted me to do, he's like, just run from home to first. I was like, all right, I got you. So he hits the ball, run from home to first. He pauses the entire practice and he's like, ladies, that is how you run from home first. <laughs> <laughs> you're, like, um, you're like, thank you, yeah, thank, thank you. you. Been practicing for years. Ladies, that's a hard 60. That's a hard 60. <laughs> I will literally never forget like that first moment. I was like, I'm going to love this sport. Yep. Like this, this is what is for me. Like, you know, I just, even from like the moment I started playing, like base running has just been my thing. So like I okay. knew like that was going to be where I found the love in this sport. And um, then went on playing travel ball and then got to high school and things got a little more serious. And that's when we started looking at like the recruiting world of sports. And we were like, all right, I need to do this in college. So so what are some of your, your favorite memories from the, the travel and high school ball days? I think some of the favorite memories I have is just, you know, when you go to these bigger tournaments and you just, you know, completely dominate with your team. Like those are some of the best memories you have. Like you don't remember that single home run that you hit by yourself or like that time that you slid into home. Like you remember the exciting part of it, like with your team afterwards, like that's like the best part. Like I don't remember my hits. I remember like when my team is there to back me up when I get to home plate. Right, 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 right. So have you evolved into kind of like a, a, a field rat now? Do you love the double headers and do you love being on the field for six hours at a time? I'm obsessed. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm actually obsessed. Like, I don't think I could go, you know, more than two days without holding a softball. Yeah. Wow. That is, yeah, that's a kind of, that's a love for it. Yeah. And, and you probably have evolved to the, forget about full meals. Give me the PB and J in between the double header and I'm <laughs> like, give me the 15 minutes. I'm ready to go. Again. You know what? Fuel back up and I'm ready to go. Like if, when it comes to playing the game, like it's just like this passion that just drives through like just like me in general and like you can see it between these like college athletes like the passion that drives through them it's just like it's an amazing thing did you see a difference in passion from the high school game to the college game um i that's a good question um i think because sometimes in high school, kids are out there just to, you know, to exercise and go through the motions. I think that there's like the same passion, but it's more of a maturity that changes. Like, okay. it becomes like a lifestyle when you get to college. It's like literally like, it's like something that I want to do every single day. In high school, it was like, I'm going to play a sport because my like, you know, some kids play the sport because their parent tells them to play the sport. Right, like, right. And the kids who go to college, it's like, I'm doing this because I want to do it. Like, I'm doing this because, you know, it's something that I completely enjoy and love doing. That's fair. Because, I mean, there is that there's that block in your schedule, man. It is a lifestyle. There are, what, four hours blocked off in your schedule for yes. softball? Yes. So that actually, I, I kind of want to know, what is the what is a day a week in the life of you look like during, during the season? So during the season, um, typically... Say if it's just like a, pra like a practice day, a training day. Okay, so just like practice day. So... Um, typically we have class in the mornings and, um, if you can't fit a class in the morning, then you get that class in after practice. Or if you have to do it right at that time, the practice ends, you get there. Uh, coaches are really good about being flexible with us about that. Um, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we lift at one Tuesday, Thursday, we lift at seven and then we practice from two to four. So last year was a little bit different. 
Last year, we would practice as a team from two to four. This year, they're kind of changing it up to try to get like the benefit of every single player on the team and making sure that we all benefit greatly. So we do like a small group from two to three, and then we'll come together for team practice from three to four. Okay. What do you think? How has that change impacted you guys so far? I think that it's something that like is really helping us because when you have a group of 20 girls from two to four, you know, coach can't watch every single girl at the same time. And when you break down these small groups, it just gives coach so much more of like a chance to like, okay, this is what this person needs to work on. And if these two people need to work on the same thing, like I can have them in the same group. Like it just breaking down the game and making sure that we uh, play to the best of our abilities. Yeah. I think that it's so interesting too. just that concept. I mean, you know, you have, you have two to two or four eyes, eyes on you at any time. And you're mm-hmm. working on those specific details where it's not just like, okay, we're doing IO, we're doing batting practice. And you're kind of just left here on devices. I, I, I like that first hour of kind of doing things like that. It's honestly awesome. Yeah. So I kind of want to talk about back to your junior college days mm-hmm. and choosing Quinnipiac. Because me and Dan were wondering before this interview, we wanted to know really, really bad why you chose here. Why I chose here. Before we do that, let's. I, I want to know why you chose JUCO. Okay. And, and okay. then and then your True. first kind of that first commitment story that you were talking about. Before. So, I had committed to the College of Central Florida my junior year. I have to say, a while back. <laughs> <laughs> but I had committed to the College of Central Florida and. It's. I felt like I was in the recruiting process a little bit late. Um, I was that kid who didn't really listen to the, hey, email your coaches. I was more of like the, I'm going to be at the fields. And my mom had to tell me to email my coaches. <laughs> okay. And it's not that I didn't want to go you to college. It's just that field I literally <laughs> didn't like to leave the field. And um, so uh, Coach Fagan had seen me at a tournament and was like, hey, like we really want you to be at the school. And it's actually funny because he wasn't even the one watching me. It was actually Coach Lingolin. I was sitting in the dugout and we were having a terrible game, terrible. And with my travel ball team, this girl came in and she just threw the bat at me. I picked the bat up, put it on the back rat. And I was literally like, Hey, you'll get it next time. And coach, the coach actually, Juco coaches are allowed to talk to you more than, um, NCAA coaches are. Okay. So more rules and regulations. Yeah. The the rules are just different. So the coach had approached me after the tournament and was like, Hey, I want to talk to you. I'm thinking that this guy's a regular guy. Like he was in a t-shirt and shorts, like no college thing on him (laughs) at all. And he was like, I really like your demeanor. And I was like, "Uh, who are you? (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, thanks, buddy. Can you talk about my demeanor before you ask my name? I was like, who are you? And he was like, "Um, I'm Coach Lingo. I'm from the College Central Florida. I really would like you to come on a visit to our school. So I went on a visit, really liked it, committed there. And then I got a call from Buffalo. And Buffalo asked me to go on a visit. So I went on a visit to Buffalo and I was like, man, like I could be going D1 right now. Like, you know, this has been my dream my entire life. Like this has been what I wanted. So, you know, I told this coach, I was like, listen, like, I really thank you for the opportunity, but I think that this is like what I need. So, and it's funny that you very say, mature of you. It's, yeah. it's funny. You say life works in mysterious ways and stuff like that. Like people constantly tell me that because the Buffalo coach actually ended up leaving a week before I was supposed to move in. Whoa. And like the biggest reason I wanted to go there is because of that coach. Yeah. So I was like, I don't want to go to this school and I don't even know who the coach is going to be. Like I can't yeah, just, that, that could change. I mean, you're, you're hearing a bunch of different things exactly. coming in that, that could change everything about oh, your time. Yeah, oh, I was yeah. like, I can't come from Florida to Buffalo, New York and not know who my coach is going to be. So I actually called the Juco coach back up and I was like, Hey, you know, is, is that spot still available? 
I was like, I really enjoyed, you know, our conversation. I really enjoyed the school. Is that spot still available? And he was like, of course. Yeah. And he told me he's we're like, going to make oh. room. Yeah. He was <laughs> like, you know, come back. I was like, great. Moved in within that week. I, everything just happened so fast. Wow. And um, honestly, I don't regret any of the decisions I made because it got me to where I am today. And I think that's like the biggest thing that you had to look at is like, you know, I got an extra year of playing and like junior college, which basically built me up for where I am as a player today. And it was like the greatest decision I could have made. And so. I mean, have, have, have you seen the numbers, Matt? You know how we ask each other, is that good? Yeah, I, we, we do a rundown before mm-hmm. the show and like we read off what stats happened last week with mm-hmm. all the games that happened, with all the sports that happened. And occasionally if there's a stat that pops, we ask each other if yeah. that's good. Yeah. So, so Matt, you're a baseball guy, you know, yep. you, you played, you coached the game, you, you know, <laughs> you know that, you know, the baseball <laughs> softball game. Yep. 436 average. That's good. 631 slugging percentage. That's also good. Eight doubles, three triples, five home runs. That's also good. Uh, and then that person is a first year player. That's called a development. That's called a development player. That's a team you build your so, team. So not the worst year. That was you. Yeah. Not <laughs> yeah. the worst year at yeah. the, at the uh, or not the worst first year at the College of Central Florida. So what, so what was your experience like that first year? I mean, obviously the, the numbers are eye popping, but how was that transition for you going into the college game? See, I'm going to be completely honest. I'm not a person who looks at numbers. So when you're reading off those numbers, I was like, wait, that's me. Yeah. Hey, hey. <laughs> um, I just, you know, you just play the game. Like when you have a love and a passion for a sport and you buy into like the things that a coach is trying to tell you to help you and better you and better the team, like things just come naturally. Like when you buy into what the program is teaching you, you know, numbers they show themselves like you don't have to look at them you don't have to like oh like what's my batting average this week and what do I need to go for this week in order to keep it at that like right and you know I'm I'm not gonna lie and say my dad's not a big number guy because he calls me every week and he's like you know your batting average just went <laughs> yeah. down because you went one for four and I'm like dad it's okay I got them next game like yeah. you know so but that one that one hit drove in two runs yeah so it's like, you know, exactly yeah. like yeah. I think it really like just it all goes into like buying into the game like you know, it's a learning game and you learn from each at bat, you learn from each play, like you watch other pitchers. And if like, for example, like I've basically been a lead off my entire life, but when you lead off and like you get on base, it gives the rest of your team confidence that they can get on base too. And like, when you have that mentality of that and that confidence that like, you know, like I'm going to do this for my team and like that drive, like things just come. And I think that's the biggest thing that like people don't understand nowadays. Everything's numbers nowadays. And if you just take it back to like how it used to be, it used to be like, just play the game, just have fun. And I want to talk about your dad more now. (laughs) Was he always a numbers guy? Was he, was Um, he always, always? My dad, I can say like, that is literally my biggest fan. Okay. Like from day one of playing softball, like, you know, they always used to joke around, like that's my little boy. (laughs) And you know, (laughs) I, I took that like, as if like, you know, People are like, well, why would you want that title? I'm like, you know what? If that's what I am, that's what I am. Like, if I'm a little sports kid that he wanted, then that's what I'll be. And like, you know, he really is big into numbers, but at the same time, he's big into like my success. And like, I've had to sit him down and be like, dad, listen, like, yes, I understand my batting average matters, but at the same time, like the team matters. And yeah, like, you gotta right. make sure that like, <laughs> even though I did go one for four, like one of those pits was a sack bunt. Like, yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> I moved, yeah, I moved yeah. a player over that ended up, you know, I, I grounded out to the right yeah. side that got the player from second exactly. to third, and they ended up driving in the game-winning run. I does, mean, does yeah. he try and come to a lot of games? So when I was in Florida, my family did come to a lot of games, yeah. but um, you know, right now they're really focused on my sister, and like I don't, 
I don't blame them for that at all. I'm actually very do? proud of her. My sister plays softball as well. She's a pitcher. Whereabouts? Um, in Miami. She actually goes to Gulliver Preparatory School. Okay. Okay. So, um, they're really more focused on my sister right now, which is, I told them, you know, like you really need to dial in on her. He would call me every week and I'm like, uh, have you asked Alyssa these questions that you're asking me? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, but, and I was like, no, I was like, you know, she needs to get to college next. Like you need to make sure that you're there for her and make sure that she's getting the same field time. You made it. You, you got the, Ex you, you made it. Exactly. And like, that's, you know, that's all I asked for coming to college for myself was to make sure that like I gave back to my parents in a respective type of way. Like my parents gave so much to me growing up and like so many sacrifices to make sure I could play travel ball. And like travel ball is not cheap. <laughs> no. So like to make sure that I could play and make sure that I can get to this college level, like the least I can do is make sure that I am successful at this level for them. So you, you mentioned that you've, you've let off most of your life. What's that? What's the mentality going into the box? You're you are the first hitter of the game. You oh. are you're bra you're breaking down whoever's starting. What's the mentality going in the box? What are you trying I mean, to do? Because there's a large checklist. You got to make sure your bench sees enough pitches. Mm -hmm. You got to get on base. That's mm -hmm. the ideal thing to do. You got to, like you said, give motivation and confidence to your team. So uh, that's a good question from Dan. Um, I'm a very big adrenaline person. So lead off is like my, like, I love it. That's your spot. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Like I love leading off. Now, if I had to play or be put in any other position, like two, three, you know, even if coach was put me in the nine, I wouldn't care because at the same time, it's all adrenaline. Like you go into that game and it's like, I'm going to hit this pitcher. Yeah. Like there's I can no, just picture you in the on deck circle batting second, just like jumping up and down. <laughs> just that is, to go. You know what's funny? That is literally me. Like teams, <laughs> teams would get annoyed growing up because I am like that jumpy person. That's like, all right, let's go. Yeah. And like people would actually, actually get annoyed like but leading off on like that basis like it's it's just it's like a great thing to do like you literally go in there and you're like all right like I got this like she she has nothing on me like and at the same time like you haven't hit yet in the game and like other hitters haven't hit so like the pitcher doesn't have that confidence build up yet that like all right I'm gonna strike all these girls out so you go in there and you're aggressive and you know I'm a very aggressive person so first second pitch and like it's just it's like I don't know how to like explain it. Like you just you get this rush inside of you. Yeah. That's, so at some point you're just kind of, you're in it and that's how it goes. I want to talk about again, why Quinnipiac? Okay. I, I mean, th this is a school that has a beautiful campus. I'm wondering if that sold you. What was, what was the top three things that sold you? So I kind of knew Hillary Barrow from Coach Hill. I knew her from Orlando coaching at UCF, coaching at FIU, yeah. you know, I've heard great things about her, you know, um, so knowing the type of coach she was and knowing the success that she brought to UCF and the success that she brought to FIU, I knew she was going to bring success to the school and I put complete trust in her. So when I had contacted her and told her I was ready to transfer out and told her that, you know, I really want to find a home. It was like, I needed somebody that I could trust to build a great program. And, you know, I just, I have that complete trust in her. Like she's done it to two places already. I knew she could do it here. And if you watch just like the development of like the people, not just as players, but as people, cause I knew people who went to FIU and you like just the development of their confidence and like their swag on the field. Like it just, it puts out so much of who she is as a person. And it shows like, you know, she's not only a coach, in the game, she's a coach in life. Yeah. And like, I think that's like, that's like one of the biggest things that I was just like, all right, I got to check this school out. Like, let's see, like, 
let's see what this is all about. So I came here and, you know, the campus was beautiful, completely beautiful campus. I completely fell in love with everything, fell in love with the health science program. And then what really made me be like, all right, this is where I'm going was Billy Mecca. When I had my meeting with Billy you Mecca, are, I was the... like, you know, God just put me in the right place at the right time for the right reasons. Like yep. this man, when I tell you really touched me, like I had tears in my eyes talking to him. And like to this day, like I make it a point to try to go say hi to him every single day, because yeah. if it wasn't for that conversation, I wouldn't be in like the successful places that I am right now in life. If you ever have a spare hour, uh, we interviewed him for episode it was in the twenties. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Matt, Matt did. It was, it was a winter break episode it last was a year. Winter break episode last Unbelievable. year. Unbelievable. If you have an hour, that interview I will was definitely watch that. It has to do with Billy Mecca. I'm on it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I spent a good hour talking to that guy. Yeah. The stories that guy had was wild. He's just such a like soulful, <laughs> amazing person. Like you, you have to be the double digit, like 12th athlete who, who has brought him up. Yo, yeah. And he's, he's so, and I, I'm sure this He's one of the most genuine people that you will yes. ever meet. Like he lives and breathes this university. And the reason he does, uh, the reason that you believe him is because you know, when you're talking to him, he's telling you nothing but the whole truth. It's literally the truth. And like, I walked out of his office and I looked at my mom and I was like, this is my place. Like, this is where, this is where I'm supposed to be. Like, like God had me walk in and know Hillary and, you know, come out here and visit and walk into Billy Mecca's office for a complete reason like this is where I'm supposed to be like he completely just sold me on like the love he has for this school and how dedicated he is I was like you know this is this is definitely where I'm meant to be so uh, you, you talked a lot about uh, coach well now coach Smith coach Barrow when mm -hmm. uh, when we had her on the podcast last year how, how did you see that transition because you know you talk about her being a coach in life and really building up her players what did you see from from year one with her in this program I think she's definitely made a new era. Like I completely agree. She is definitely like just, you know, set this like mindset that like, you know, we don't want to lose. And it's not just the mindset of like, oh my gosh, like we don't want to lose and that's all we're gonna think about. It's like a mindset of life. Like why would you want to lose at life? And you know, she talks a lot of the time about like leadership and it's lonely at the top and like making sure that like, you know, we're doing everything we're supposed to, not only in a softball aspect, but in a school aspect, because you know, you gotta have like, you have to have the grades in order to play and you have to have like the, uh, um, like the demeanor that we talked about yeah. before. And you know, like just making sure that you're able to control like your emotions and like yourself on the field. And I think that that's something that she's definitely brought great to this program. Like we don't just have practices where we're out there and it's drill after drill after drill. Like we have times that we will sit in the locker room and you know, we go over different like, things about each other to learn each other as a team and to become a family. And like, that's something that she's really brought here is like this, this family aspect of making sure that like we're in this together. Like there's no like I and team, like it's cliche to say, but like <laughs> yeah. she's literally brought that here is like, you know, this is a family at the end of the day. Like I see these girls as my sisters. And I'm so glad you said that because when she came in as like being media guys, mm -hmm. the cheers were a little louder. The sprint in between the lines were a little faster. The, the play was a little more intense when she came in and you could notice that, like you could see it, you could hear it. And I'm so glad you said that because I think it is a new era. I really like uh, I think, explaining it as that. I think also like when you just have a coach who is just as passionate about the game that you are, like it just brings in a different mentality about the game. Like when your coach 
you know, wants you to be successful as much as you want yourself to be successful, it just drives you that much more. Like it drives you to make the next play. It drives you to get on base. It drives you to give 110% at practice to make sure that like you are getting the best out of what you're giving. Couldn't have said it better myself. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So for you personally, um, balancing being a health science major and being a division one athlete, Mm -hmm. not easy. That's no joke. (laughs) We've had, we, we've had athletes on this podcast before that that have talked about a, a similar kind of balance, but what has that process been like for you? Just kind of trying to stay above water or stay above water on both of them. Um, so coming from a Juco to coming to, you know, Quinnipiac, yes. the name says it itself. Um, it was hard for me. I, I'm not going to lie on that one. It was very hard. You know, the transition of the different workload and, you know, the different teaching style. Teaching in the Northeast is very different from how it's taught in Florida. And uh, growing up in Florida and being taught there my entire life, I came in here and, you know, I never really had to go to the library to study. I was just one of those kids who like, okay, I can skim over my notebook and I'm going to get an A on the test. And like I got here and I was like, oh, I think I need to see the library. (laughs) You know, and um, that's something that like it was a struggle in the beginning, but it's you just learn to like just balance it. Like I learned to like set times in the week that I need to go study. And I learned to set times, you know, when we're away or when we have, you know, heavy weeks of games that I need to make sure that I'm getting what I need to get done in order to like keep my GPA up and be able to play. And at the end of the day, like we're student athletes and like, I need the athlete part in my life. So I will make sure that my GPA is what I need it to be in order to be the athlete that I need to be. So Speaking of, you know, traveling long, you have long plane rides coming up. Yes. The, uh, the next few games and the first games of the season are coming up, which is so, I can't believe we've made it here. Spring sports are here. Yeah. You start the season in Los Angeles. You'll be able to do some homework on that plane ride. Mm-hmm. How excited is this team to start the season in Los Angeles, get some non-conference games under your belt and attack the Mac? I think we're like beyond words of excited. Like if you could have seen our practice yesterday, like everybody was just hyped. Like everybody was like, all right, great play. Like left side, great job, right side, great job. You know, we do this thing called left side, right side. And like the entire time people were just talking, like, we're like, yeah, let's go Q. And like, I think people are just like, we're so pumped. Like we're ready to go out there and, you know, make a name for ourselves. Like, we want to be the team that everybody's like, all right, where'd they come from? <laughs> like, we yeah. want to be that team this year. And I think like Hamden where, <laughs> you know, and it's like funny to say, but like, that's literally what we want. Like yeah. we want people to turn their heads when we walk up to the fields and like be ready for us. Like, you know, the way we get ready for teams, we want teams to be get ready for us. Like it's just a respect factor. And I think that's why we're so excited this year is just because of the fact of like, we're just ready to get rolling. Like we just want to play and like, you know, have like a great like season. I don't know. Of like, course. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. We're just, we're super excited. Um, Rasha this year, a little bit on the younger side. One of the things that I, I noticed nine first year players, two seniors mm-hmm. on the roster, but just because they're younger players doesn't mean they're not equally as talented and can't get right into the lineup, but, but it falls under the new era. You know yeah. What, I mean? uh, what have you seen from this new first year class? Some of the, the younger players getting themselves acclimated. So I've personally known some of these younger players. Um, I've played with them and I sometimes like between like my uh, in the summers, I go and I like coach some of the teams down in Miami and 
getting to see them on a player aspect and a coaching aspect, when Coach Hill told me that these girls were coming in, I was like, I am so ready. <laughs> like when she told me the girls that like, she was like, all right, we have this recruit coming. Like, this is her name. I was like, are you serious? Like, yes. Like, I'm so <laughs> excited. Cause like, they just, they have this drive and this passion. Then I'm like, you know, when you get to see them and play with them and then also coach them and sit there at practices with them and practice with them over the summer, you're like, that's the girl I want beside me on the field. And you know, like for example, like Catherine Rodriguez, like that girl, when I tell you like somebody who has passion for the sport, like I could sit there and talk to her with about baseball and softball all day long, all day long. And you know, that's something that like, just is super exciting to like have people that like, you know, have the same drive as you, you know what I mean? Like, and that's why I was excited about these freshmen. Like they literally have such a passion and drive. Like it's, it's beyond me. It's so amazing. What are some of the the goals and expectations that you have, not only for the entire team, but for yourself for this year? So some of the goals we have this year is we obviously want to win the MAC. Of course. Of course. That's like first on the checklist. Of course. But we also want to have a winning season. Like winning the MAC is like, that's great. But we want to win the MAC and have a winning season. Um, As a team, you know, we also wanted to become closer as a family. Like, you know, it's one thing to win as a team. It's another thing to win as a team and you're a family. And like, it just makes such a difference. Like when you win and like, you're going to remember these like years for the rest of your life. Like I did that with those girls by my side. And you know, you just, you make lifelong friendships from this. And I think that's, what's great. As for like myself, some goals I have this year is, um, Seeing my freshman year stats that you guys had mentioned earlier, I do want to bat over 400 this year again. Um, okay. Not a numbers girl, though. Not a numbers girl. I'm not <laughs> looking at it. But at the end of the day, like, I, that's that's somewhere that, like, it's good to be in. That means I'm getting on base, you know, four out of ten times. And yeah. that's great in softball, baseball world. Improving on an already incredible yeah. 339 mark yeah. with uh, as a as a first-year yeah. Bobcat sophomore player. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. absolutely doable. That's a good goal yeah, to have, yeah. though. Yes. Yeah. So, um not only that, but a goal that I really have for myself this year is being a captain on this team, like just leading by example and like showing these girls like, you know, it is possible to get what you want. And, you know, it just it has to do with like whether you have a fixed mentality or if you have a growth mentality and showing them like when you have that growth mentality and you're able to like adjust and be open to new things like it just it sets so much more for like life in general and I think that's something like that I personally had to learn like I was not a captain at my old school so like coming here and being a captain I was like all right like this leadership thing like where do I start? Right, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I'm ready to play for you. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I'm, I'm down. One of the things that I got through the grapevine, and, and I'll confirm this with you before we keep going, is that you uh, you were kind of thrust into a leadership role last year, into a captain role. So I was. Yeah. Um, one of our girls had gotten injured. Right. And coach pulled me into her office and was like, I need you to step up. And I was like, okay, what do you need me to do? Yeah. I was like, what do you need me to do? You need me to play a uh, shortstop? You need me to catch? What do you need me to do? She was like, nah, I need you to be a captain. And I was like, all right. Like, it's, to me. I would have been floored. I would have been I, like, whoa. I was excited. I was excited. Yeah. And I was excited because, you know, I was like. This, Any nerves? I was nervous. Okay. I was nervous because, you know, it's like, are people going to buy into what I say? Okay. 
But then when you look at it, it's just like, you know, we've just grown so much as a team that it's like, I don't need to say anything if I just show them like what I do every day, like just going and doing extra, going and making sure you get extra reps in and, you know, leading by example. Like I'm not really a person to like speak up. I'd rather just do. And if you want to follow, you follow. If you have questions and you want to come ask me, like I'm more than happy to answer the questions for you. If you want to know how, you know, a play runs, if I don't know, I'm going to make sure I ask coach to make sure that I can tell you the proper answer. Like that's more like my way of like, you know, leading. I don't really, I'm not really a person. It's like, Hey, like you go do this. And like, you go do this. Like, it's more of like a, you know, I want to show them like how capable we are of coming close as a team and winning like together. I'm ready. I'm ready to play yeah, for I'm it. Yeah. Play. Yeah. Yeah, I'm in. Uh, before we ask you, we, we ask three questions at the end of every episode. Before I do that, uh, we want to get to know a little bit more about you. So uh, say you have uh, you have a day off mm-hmm. here in Hamden, Connecticut. What are what are some of the things that you like to do away from the field? If there are any. <laughs> um, what about your nails? You have great nails. Uh, look good, play good. Just remember that. Because yeah. <laughs> um, how do you, you don't fit those in your glove? Do yeah, I you? Do. No way. Yeah, I do. Steve, are you seeing these nails? <laughs> you fit those in your glove. Yeah. You're not afraid they're gonna break. No. Wow. <laughs> well, okay. Can't live life in fear. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so if I had a day off. And I was told to not touch a softball. That's really hard. Yeah. <laughs> we know yes. you can't go two days, but so if there's I'm one, one day, day without yeah. softball. So I'm actually only an hour from, um, no, actually an hour 45 from my grandmother. And I'm a very big family person. So any chance I get, I do go spend with her, my niece and nephew. Um, family is just everything to me. Like, you know, they've been there through thick and thin and, you know, they just the love that family can give you is just irreplaceable. And when it comes to like, just, you know, my niece and nephews, they're like five, three and one, like they're literally like second siblings to me. And you know, any chance I get to go see them, my grandmother, you know, it's just like, that's what I do on my off days. Like my grandma is like, besides my mom, my literal best friend. And you know, spending time with her is something that like, just gives me joy. Um, you know, just even if it's sitting down watching TV with her, like that's just something that I really enjoy doing because I'm on the go 24 seven when I'm here. So when I get a single chance to just relax and like really have quality family time, it just like, it's something that you can't replace. But besides family, another thing that like I do, like if I couldn't leave Hamden, um, I'm really big into like, uh, painting. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, nice. absolutely. Watercolor or, um, acrylic. Okay. Yeah. So I, I kind of paint, um, I've been doing it since I was younger. It's kind of like my stress relief away from softball. You can't just always, you know, 12 o'clock at night, pick a ball up and just go start throwing. Right, of course. So uh, <laughs> it's like my stress relief away from softball, throw on some country music, start painting. And we are so happy. You're a country music person too. <laughs> We're a country music podcast. Yeah. No doubt. Oh, that's amazing. Couple, a uh, couple artists you listen to. Luke Holmes, definitely. Fant- I am like, bless you. need to go to one of his concerts. Like, yeah. I really need to go. Yep. So we went to a Jake Owen one. Uh-huh. Uh, we went to a Jake Owen concert when? That was in the October, fall. I think. Yeah. yeah. He was great. I'm a little disappointed we didn't go to the Luke Combs, Morgan Wallen one at, Mo- at Mohegan Sun. Oh, they got great country concerts. Yeah. Anyways, okay. So Luke Combs is a great first pick. Yes. Um, My second favorite is Tim McGraw. And it's only because growing up, 
It was the first country song I had ever listened to. My dad actually showed me the song. So Tim uh, McGraw's a family guy too. Yes, and like when my dad showed me that song, I was like, I gotta listen to this guy for the rest of my life. What song? Um, you know, songs like one, two, three, like a bird I see. But you give me the most beautiful set yeah. of okay. that yeah. one. Great song. It's a good tune. It's a good tune. Maggie, Maggie knows it. Isn't, yeah. it la- isn't, it, isn't it Last Dollar? Yeah, okay. okay. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Yes. Yeah. So, all time favorite country songs. Like, that was the first one I've ever listened to. My dad showed me it. And, you know, I do have like newer country songs that I'm really into, yeah. but yeah. that one just will always hit. The classics always hit. Definitely. Without a doubt. So we asked three questions to end every interview. It, okay. Yep. <laughs> Most beautiful set of Okay. Good harmonies. Yeah. Good harmonies. Oh, no, I can't sing. I play softball. I can't sing. <laughs> <laughs> Good harmonies in this song. Nice. Are we going to Are we gonna remember this one for a future? Who knows? Who, Who knows? knows? Yes. Go ahead. But yeah, we asked three questions at the end of every interview. Okay. We've asked all our guests, including Billy Mecca. <laughs> um, so the first question is, if you can live anywhere besides Hamden, Connecticut, and your hometown, where would it be and why? Hmm. If I could live anywhere... These are the real, wow. these are the real big J. Yeah, you got, you, got, you got me on this one. These are yeah. the ones we can debate. These are fun. Because we know, like, you can talk softball literally all day. Oh, yeah. I could literally talk sports yeah. all day. Yeah. <laughs> um, If I could live anywhere in the world? Yes. I think that if I could live anywhere. Oh, this hard. <laughs> for me, it's like Nassau, Bahamas. Like that, I think for me, the Bahamas is my spot where I would go escape and golf for the rest of my life. It's not a bad one. <laughs> I don't know if I've actually picked one. I feel like Nashville, Tennessee would be a great time. I think staying on that on that theme. Yeah. I think that you know, if I could live anywhere in the world, it would probably have to be Puerto Rico. So I'm Puerto Rican, and the reason why. So I'm Puerto Rican, and. I go there in the summers because I play for the national team and I also play on a league team out there and it would just be great to like not only play for them, but also get to like know who I'm playing for. Like, you know, know like the different culture that's out there. I've, you know, lived here my entire life. And even though like my grandparents were born there, like I want to know like how they lived. Absolutely. What was that experience like playing for the national team? It was something that, you know, will always be a memory to me. Playing for the national team is like, it's great to represent something. Like it wasn't even about, you know, playing for somebody who go to the Olympics. It was about playing to represent Puerto Rico. And I think that was like, just the greatest thing for me, like playing alongside a bunch of other girls who just had a passion for the sport and also came from the same place. Like it was amazing. There's gotta be something else about putting on the colors, putting yeah, on the flag, yeah, that, uniform, that just, yeah. yeah no, nothing, nothing against obviously putting on the, the big old Q, but yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that's, that's gotta be on. I've been to old San Juan and new San Juan. I really like Puerto Rico. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah, beautiful. It's a cool spot. It's beautiful. Uh, you mentioned you could talk sports all day. Yes. What, uh, what other sports do you follow besides softball? Besides softball. Do you follow yeah. the NFL? The Super Bowl is in Miami. I got to say, I don't follow football. Okay, that's all right. Uh, you watch a halftime show. Besides softball and baseball, I think my... Well, and baseball, of course. Yeah. yeah. The other sports that I love to watch yeah. is basketball. Oh, okay. There we go. Yeah. I could watch basketball all day long. You're a LeBron James fan. 
Okay, you know it was worth it. It was worth. The I don't ask. know why. I don't know why we couldn't. So you're a Miami Heat fan? Yeah. <laughs> or are, but are, but, uh, very are seriously, you, are yeah. you, are you Heat Marlins? I'm not really like a debate against team person. I'm more of like I want to watch the game and like the ins and outs of the game okay. and stuff like that. Absolutely. And you don't like LeBron, the man who dominates. I don't the sport. follow basketball teams. Like I follow baseball, softball teams, but I really don't follow basketball teams. Like right. baseball, I'm a Yankee fan all day long. Ah, okay. Uh, there, there it is. is. Yep. Yep. I knew, I knew there yep. was going to be somebody yeah. coming that wasn't the Marlins. Yeah. I knew that. <laughs> I'm a Yankee fan yeah. all day long when it comes to baseball. Congratulations nice. on your A.L.E. Yeah, title. Can, yes. <laughs> this A.L.E. is going to be a we're walk. Hurt, we're hurting over a here. cakewalk. <laughs> Us Red Sox fans are hurting. Yeah. We have released everyone. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not that we not that we needed to hurt ourselves any worse yeah. after Mookie, but now Brock Holt is gone. Okay, second one. Uh, if you could have dinner with one person, a Alive, deceased, could be anybody that has ever lived ever. Who would it be and why? Wow. Um, can I have dinner with two people at the same table? Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So the first person would be my aunt. Um, literally my rock and soul. Like closest person I've ever been to in my entire life. Dad or mom's side? Mom's side. Nice. She passed away when I was about nine years old. Um and I actually went to see her because living up here now, I have the ability to like do this because of where she's buried. I actually went to see her grave for the first time for her anniversary this year on January 28th. And um, to be able to just have dinner with her one more time would just be like the greatest thing to me. Um, literally like the reason that I put so much forth my life of being successful in everything I do, like I don't want to settle for less because I know that she wouldn't let me settle for less. And like, that's just like what motivates me throughout my entire life. And then the second person that I would have join me at that dinner would be, um, his name is Hector Torres. He, uh, was a professional men's softball pitcher. And, um, he also coached the USA national team with Ken Erickson and he coached my high school team. Wow. And my senior year after I graduated, he had gone missing for two weeks and nobody knew where he was. Um, everybody's freaking out. And like, my biggest thing is I cannot go to college till I find out what happened to him. Like I was like, I will literally quit softball. Like this man has made me into like the hitter and you know, the person I am, like he literally would go out there day after day in high school and make sure and pitch to me. And like, he didn't care how many rounds I had to be out there. You know, we didn't have fields, uh, field lights at my high school, but he would go until dark. And, um, a, two days before I had to move into college, he passed away and they had found his body. And to me, like that just was like, like, that's crazy to me. Like I was like, you know, for a second, I was like, how, how am I supposed to like see another pitch, see another at bat, knowing that like this guy is just not here anymore. Like he was such a positive, like influence to the softball world, like such a great guy, like just everything was, you know, it doesn't matter how bad the last pitch was because the next pitch is coming. And that was just something that was just like amazing to me. So I actually have a tattoo on my wrist that says PFH, which is play for Hector. And before every at bat, I write in the dirt PFH and people always ask me, they're like, oh, what are you writing in the dirt? And I was like, well, I write PFH with a cross under it because, you know, he is a lot of the reason that like, I was like, I can't just not play anymore. Like, even though it hurts so bad to know that he wasn't here anymore and like, how am I supposed to play another game knowing that? Like, 
I just, I couldn't deal with myself if I didn't play in his name. So I made sure that like my college career, I literally play in his name. I'm sure the conversations at that dinner would be fantastic yeah. to catch up. And there, there's, there's a lot for both of them to be very proud of. So Thank that, you. that is a, for sure. That's an awesome last, last dinner. Um, we do have one more, uh, not to, not to kind of quickly change topics cause there's a little dust in the air in this entire studio right now. <laughs> um, your, your final meal, if you, if you were to have one, uh, your favorite dinner, drink and dessert. Okay. Um, favorite dinner, drink and dessert. Cause but were the mics on when we were talking about nutrition? Yes, they were. Okay. Yeah. Yep. My favorite dessert would have to be a pizuki, a cookie pizuki with vanilla ice cream. Please explain. <laughs> so it's intriguing. Please, please explain. BJ's Brewery, which is a restaurant. I don't know if they have it here, but they have it in Florida. Okay. And um, basically, it's like a platter, and they have fresh baked cookie, like it's like a cookie platter, and then they put ice cream right over it. Yep. Favorite dessert, hands down. Oh yeah. Um, favorite meal. I'd have to say starting with dessert first tells me a lot about you. <laughs> I like that. I have a sweet tooth. Yeah. <laughs> um, favorite meal. Let's see. It's hard not to develop the sweet tooth. I mean, if you're playing two, three games at a time, you got to go get ice cream after. Yeah, I know. Oh, I know. Yes. That's yeah. Yeah. Especially after a sweep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My favorite meal of all time is when my grandmother makes white rice with Chinese steak. So every time I go over, I'm like, you got to make it. Cause I need leftovers. Take back school. Yeah. <laughs> that marinade, but That's my favorite meal of all time. That marinade for that steak must be out of this world. Yes. And then my favorite drink is chocolate milk. Great pick. Great for recovery or just for you want to, you want or it just to drink side. chocolate milk all day long, like <laughs> water. <laughs> that's not a bad one. That's not that's a bad one. Pick. That's yeah. a good pick. Well, Kayla, thank you so much for, for taking the time. Thank I know we, we talked your ear off, but a uh, heck of a season coming up for you guys and the, and the entire team. So good luck. Best thank of you. luck. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you so much to Kayla Jensen for joining us here on episode number 49 of the Quinnipiac Athletics Podcast. That is going to do it for us this week. Do it for our show. Thank you so much for listening. First of all, if you need literally anything from the Quinnipiac Athletic Department, from the Bobcats, from any of the 21 Division I teams, it is GoBobcats.com. That is the website you go for any information you may need. And if you want to follow along with our softball team, specifically on social media, it is at QU underscore softball on both Twitter and Instagram. And make sure, we mentioned it earlier in the program, to donate to the One Love Foundation. We'll put a link at the bottom of this episode if you want to donate for that women's lacrosse game and cause. And Matt, if we want to follow the entire athletic department on Twitter and Instagram, how can we? It is at QU Athletics for both Twitter and Instagram. They have everything from all of our 21 Division One sports. Okay, pretty simple, pretty easy to remember. I mean, while we're at it, I mean, we have a couple of pretty memorable names, pretty memorable handles if people wanted to follow us. So, I mean, if we're putting it into people's heads... You know, how would they follow you? 
Yeah, you know who's got awesome content? Who? At M. McCall of Seven, if, you, uh, if you're perusing. I've, I've heard similar things. My time following has definitely been time well spent. Right. I mean, if you're going to follow one, you might as well follow the other, and it's at Dan Ball. That would be mine. We, we kind of play off of our content with each other sometimes, right, so right. You, you see that it's gonna be chemistry. It's going to be super easy to find us both. Exactly, yeah. If you find one, you find the other, and uh, we'll have some content. I mean, we're getting towards the busy season for content creation right now too so there's going to be a lot of joint content coming up and Matt before we go it's our favorite time of the week it is this week in Bobcats history this week in Bobcats history we are throwing it back to roughly one year ago today February 15th of 2019 ushering in the new era of Quinnipiac softball first year head coach Hillary Smith then Hillary Barrow at the time picked up her first win as head coach of the Bobcats a 5-2 win over Holy Cross in the game, Rebecca Drake went 2-for-3 with three RBIs. Friend of the podcast, Kayla Jensen, went 2-for-3. And Kendall Brundrit picked up the win on the mound. And that is this week in Bobcats history. And Matt, that was this week in Bobcats history. So the history has kind of been rewriting itself for this softball team. It's the second year under head coach Hillary Smith. We had her on the podcast last year, and we talked about it with Kayla Jensen as well. It's a new era with that softball program and a lot to be excited about. It is a new era. And like I said in the interview, it, it just seems like their chants on the bench are louder. They're sprinting faster in between the lines. I love this new era. I'm here for it. Best of luck to them because they get a good chance of winning this conference. That they do. And for Matt McAuliffe, I'm Dan Ball. We will see you next week. Bye-bye. The theme song of the Quinnipiac Athletics Podcast is Wire and Flashing Lights by Professor Click.